We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience, presented by DraftKings 2022 Waste Management Phoenix Open Picks. First look, preview, and the research that goes behind everything. I'll be doing all my research today, care of FantasyNational.com. If you want to become a member, do your own research. You get the monthly, you get the weekly, but the annual is the best deal you can have if you go to FantasyNational.com slash Mayo, because that gets you 20% off. Smash the like button of the episode. Sub to Mayo Media Network in the description. Give me your single favorite early lean for Phoenix because it is a fantastic field this week. And remember to subscribe to the newsletter. There'll be two this week, one on Sunday evening, one on Wednesday afternoon. The Sunday evening one is going to have more in-depth research of stuff that I'm looking at that maybe I didn't cover in the show. Uh, and it's just a lot of visualizations and some early looks of what's going on. Plus, I'll be back with Feinberg. And I have Dom on Tuesday, then the picks on Wednesday. We're good. And it's Super Bowl week. That's going to make for some fun times on the Pat Mayo Experience. So a full complement of shows this week going back into DraftKings Showdown this week as well for the Super Bowl with Cody Main and Justin Freeman to try to get the best minds together to see if we can win some of these million-dollar prizes that are out there. The Listener's League link is not yet available to me, but it should be at some point on Sunday, so check back in the video version if you want to get in the Pat Mayo Experience Listener's League. It is the best tournament on DraftKings. $15 to play, three max entry, no rake. It'll be available in the other episodes coming up this week as well. 
well. However, you want to get your spot right away. Go reserve that spot. It's up to 3,000 entries this week. We fill it up again really quickly by like Wednesday morning, and then all of a sudden it'll be like 4,000 next week for Riviera, where there is a gigantic prize pool for DraftKings. Now that football has ended, golf has taken itself back to the top spot in terms of biggest prize pools on a weekly consistent basis over basketball right now. So let's fill that up. Get it going. Pebble Beach, I do not know the results. The round is just starting on Sunday as I am recording this. So fingers crossed we get a Jordan Spieth, Andrew Putnam 1-2. That would be the optimal outcome for me. After what happened last week, having 1-2 on the board and cashing the outright tickets sweat-free, uh, I have my doubts it's going to play out that way again, although I went through like seven straight months of really horrible beats in golf, just second place after second place, that maybe I can get two in a row. That would be terrific news. Did you see the Harold Varner putt to win in Saudi? Yeah, no one's complaining about blood money anymore. Everyone loves HV3. HV3 wins. That gives him two wins worldwide, zero on the PGA Tour right now. So he's won in Saudi, and he won the 2016 Australian PGA Championship. It's brewing for him. I think he's back inside the top 50 in the world now, too. So we should end up in all of the majors this time around. That'd be fun to see HV3 at Augusta. I don't think we've ever seen that before. I mean, I don't know that for sure. I suppose I could look it up. But hey, we're here to talk about Phoenix, not necessarily everything else. So let's do that. The field is incredible. It's funny how since Tiger became the host at Riviera, Riviera has really elevated its status. It got invitational status. Uh, everyone really likes the course. It's in LA and it draws these awesome fields. Obviously, Torrey Pines is like the unofficial kickoff to the actual PGA season. When I say actual PGA season, I mean Torrey Pines through the Open Championship. That's like, some people will say players now through the Open Championship. Others will say masters through the Open Championship, major season. But I think for fans of the PGA Tour, like both Hawaii events and the Amex, they feel like exhibition events. They do get names to come play these events, but no one really cares. People care about Torrey Pines, and that field is good. Pebble Beach is just, I don't know, might as well be the Byron Nelson at this point, based on the quality of field that that ends up with, and just the Saturday broadcast is so bad. And I know I hash on it every year, but it was even worse this time around because Day was making a run. He's over at Spyglass. I don't think there was a single camera at Spyglass, so we're not going to see that. I was happy at least they were able to track power over at Monterey Point. That was nice. But even at Pebble, like, it was Spieth or nothing. Someone even commented that if you were watching it without sound, you would assume that Jordan Spieth was winning this event by 10 strokes. Now, he had his set third best iron round on approaches of all time in his career, which is pretty amazing because he's had some pretty fire iron rounds over the course of his career since 2013. But it was incredible that he gained over five strokes on approach and didn't actually hole any of those shots because usually that's the big factor when it comes down to strokes gained approach to have those really high finishes that you end up jarring one from like 190 out in the fairway then all of a sudden it's worth like two and a half strokes and all of a sudden you're off to the races. He didn't jar one, no water. From anywhere in the fairway, hit the flag three times. One of them saved him on number 17. The other two, you know, it didn't really impact anything. But the one did save him on the par three because he was going to go over the green. Ends up converting that into birdie from inside nine feet. I believe it was 13 of his 18 approach shots ended up inside 25 feet. Three of those were a green under regulation, so they were eagle putts on par fives. I do worry about his round four, though. When you go back historically and look at these fire third rounds that he's had with his irons, all of a sudden round four doesn't really turn out the same way. It's, it's hard to keep that momentum going uh, on the single hardest skill that 
you can have. Like, the, the approach is the most difficult. It's the most important, hence why it's the most difficult to remain consistent at the top of your iron. So really, I just have my fingers crossed that Spieth's putter was, like, okay on Saturday. Maybe he can just have regular Spieth out-of-control great putter on Sunday to make up the difference, and Spieth walks away for a victory. I can only hope so. If not, Putnam? Do me a favor, Putnam? That'd be nice, right? Uh, anyway, the field this time around at Phoenix, like I mentioned, Riviera huge, Torrey Pines huge, and for years, this was just more of a fun event. You'd get names, but it was more of a party atmosphere. Not this time around in Phoenix. This is, I mean, it's not a major-esque field, but... This is like a preview of what the majors are gonna look like this year. And I think that's what I like about Tory Pines. Like, Tory is the first one that we get, not necessarily like the strongest field we'll see all year, but it's the first really strong field of the year at a venue where they host major championships. You're like, oh, I could see these guys playing well at Augusta or the PGA Championship. And you start making your notes. Riviera ends up kind of the same way as well because the field is so good. This course isn't really gonna lend itself to any major championships by and large in Phoenix at TPC Scottsdale. This field is fantastic 18 of the top 30 players in the world i remember when it was like bubba hideki webb before webb was webb and ricky those were like the guys who showed up then rom comes on the scene phil's actually not here for the first time in ages but do we have some guys yeah, kicking around this time. Rom is back. ASU guy has never finished worse than T14 at this event. Uh, obviously, he is playing. He, you know, he finished over. He finished inside the top 14 as an amateur when he played here. That's how much Rom likes to score. Still no wins. Justin Thomas. We have Hideki coming back, looking for his what? Third win? Third win? Fourth win? Third win? Whatever it is, he won back to back years. I was there the year that he won. That was not fun because I had outrights on Louie and Benny Ann who folded come Sunday. That was the Patriots comeback from the Patriots comeback on the Falcons 28-3 Super Bowl year. It was my bachelor party year. That's where we did my bachelor party. It was at the Waste Management Open. It was a great time. Uh, defending champ Brooks Kepka's back. Louis making his first start anywhere in the world this week. He's back in Phoenix. Cantley, Spieth, Thomas, Hideki, Answer, Finau. Answer and Finau were both overseas in Saudi last week. Webb Simpson, Xander, Xander was overseas last week as well. Sammy Burns, who gained over 10 strokes putting at this event last year. Scotty Scheffler and Victor Hovland, uh, who we'll see, did not play Saudi, but won during the Middle East swing. I believe it was in Abu Dhabi now. Dubai. He won in Dubai. Uh, so he is back in Phoenix for this time around. Uh, Daniel Berger is still currently listed in the field right now, although obviously you know that he withdrew from Pebble Beach with a back injury that he sustained at Torrey Pines. Now, if he's an early week WD, wouldn't be super shocked at that. Chuck Hoffman, Waste Management, Mr. Waste Management, he's listed in the field as well. He withdrew, withdrew, withdrew to start the season. He played at Pebble Beach and then withdrew after a round. He's got this back problem. I don't know if he's going to try to give it a go again, but keep your eye on Charlie. You probably don't want to use him. Uh, the guys that were over in Saudi last week that are coming back over to play this week, Xander, Answer, Finau, Bubba Watson, who was second in Saudi, Lucas Ebel. Graham McDowell and Jason Duffner all played overseas and are making the trek back to play in Phoenix this week. And then there's like a great like second tier, like Harold Varner. Uh, obviously, he was in Saudi. He won. He's playing this week over in uh, over in Phoenix. Adam Scott we're getting to see for the first time this year. So like I said, even the second tier of player, like your Henleys and Ortiz and Swafford and Power, uh, Hollywood Hoagie, maybe he ends up a winner at Pebble Beach. Who knows? Maybe Power does as well. Uh, Kelly Keith Mitchell, Matthew Fitzpatrick. Like this field is really good top to bottom it's only 132 players top 65 in ties so no confusion about that this week i, I forget how much this show has grown 
over the years because the amount of questions I got about what the hell is an MDF just shows how many new people have come into the golf space over the past two, two and a half years. Remember the hell they got rid of the MDF, but man, remember sweating Saturdays for MDF? That was horrible. Horror. That was just the absolute worst. I'm so glad they changed it to top 65 and thighs. Although less of my guys end up making the cut this time around. And look, you weren't the only person out there who lost a bunch of players this week at minus four. I think I had five of them at minus four uh, who would have filled out some nice six of six lineups in out of the 45 lineups I played. None. Six of six. I think the six of six rate at Pebble Beach was 1%, uh, but I would have had like 50% should minus four actually have played Sunday uh, to get through. So a lot a lot of good men were lost at minus four at Pebble Beach this week. Uh, that was a kick in the nuts. Let's jump over to fantasynational.com right now and check out what we're looking at here in terms of course history the biggest one i found in correlation 10 players who have won the players championship have also won at tpc scottsdale not entirely sure why maybe it's a tpc connection we all know that mr tpc kh lee who was second here last year loves anything with the words tpc in front of it just taking a scroll back at last year obviously brooks cashes a 55 to 1 ticket at this event brooks has won this twice we have hit him outright twice at this event uh, that was the first real big hit that we had i think on this show was brooks kepka 40 to 1 at the waste management open in 2016 that's how long the show's been on the air maybe 2015 Whatever the, I think I know that was the same year as the Willett year. So 2000, we hit that one. We hit Jason Duffner at Career Builder, then Willett. Fire, fire year 2016. If I can hit Putnam at 125 to one today, you know, we're off to a fire start to 2022. Lining people's pockets early. Don't want to get ahead of myself because it it's bad juju to do that. Everyone knows that. This was the return of Spieth a year ago. We shot 61 on Saturday, uh, then followed it up with doing nothing on Sunday. Ended up coming T4, though, and then he was off to the races the rest of the year. Didn't miss another cut. His cut streak started here. 20 consecutive cuts made for Jordan Spieth, which ended actually at the Farmers Insurance Open two weeks ago. And obviously, he made the cut at Pebble Beach, so he's, he's back on the horse when it comes. Hey, Andrew Putnam. Andrew Putnam didn't make a bogey at last year's event, which is kind of nuts and only came T7. Maybe he can close the door this week. We've seen Louis played here twice, T11 and T3. Brooks, you know, he's kind of all over the map. I'm really interested to know what his odds are going to be this week. When people laugh at losers like me who see 40 to 1 next to Brooks Kepka and say things like auto bet, the reason is, is that we just went back to this. Maybe it's because he's won this event before. I don't know. But they dropped him to 55 to 1 last year. And it was a blind bet. He was playing like garbage coming in. He just missed the cut, I think, at American Express. Maybe it was at Torrey Pines. I forget where it was. I know he missed at American Express. Maybe he then took the week off. But whatever it was, he had three consecutive missed cuts coming into this event. Ended up winning. Chipped in on 17. The 71st hole. And that was good enough for the one-stroke lead. I remember live betting Han uh, in going into the final round. I think it was like 80 to 1. And he made a run. I think he was in first at one point, like going into the back nine. He absolutely melted down. Although you can see two top 11 finishes and three top 25s, three of the past four years for Jimmy Hahn going through everything here. Uh, in terms of overall strokes, but the, the reason that we bet Brooks is at these numbers because, you know, when you bet a 40 to one, obviously you want to win the bet that you make. But realistically, you need to win it once every 40 times in order to break even on it. And it feels, it just feels like the probability of Brooks winning at that rate is so much higher than that. I mean, I don't know what they're going to list him at this week. It can't be that high with the amount of quality players in this field, to be perfectly honest. Overall strokes gained for the Waste Management Open over the past five years. Rom, Kucher, Ricky, 
Justin Thomas, and Xander Shoffley. Maybe this is the spot where Ricky needs. He was cut here last year, won in 2019, had an immaculate track record in Phoenix over the years, although he tried to give 2019 away to Brennan Grace. Uh, didn't end up happening, but he ended up coming through on that one. Maybe this is like Spieth last year. This is where he kick-starts uh, the comeback for Ricky Fowler, another guy who's won both the players and the Waste Management Open 2020. Obviously, Webb Simpson won another guy who won the Players' Championship and won this event. 2018, we had Gary Woodland, and in 2017, uh, that was the year that I was there, the year I got married, uh, we had Hideki Matsuyama win and he won in 2016 as well now maybe that actual number for the players should be 11 because as cust would say hideki won the players in 2020 when it was canceled after one round due to covid but Hideki was leading so he's out there strangely let's actually we can get, take a look at the strokes gained everyone kind of gains on putting here 89 percent of the field 89% of putts inside 10 feet were made last year at this course. One of the easier close putting courses on the PGA Tour. So when you see some of the guys who pop up who are historically bad putters, you kind of do okay here. <clears throat> Everyone inside the top 12 gained strokes putting, the lowest being KH Lee at 0.9. Everyone else, I think, was over three. Yeah, everyone else was over three strokes putting. Uh, you can see strokes gained approach, 6.1 for Brooks Kepka. Uh, did pretty well around the greens. Everyone gained on approach except for Louie inside the top, geez, almost 20 at this point. That's kind of crazy to think. Nate Lashley really likes this course, by the way. I think he was first-round leader here last year. That's how we ended up getting on him at Pebbles. They had this immaculate irons week and really poor on the greens uh, for what you would need to contend. And then we ended up going at, with him at Pebble Beach the next week. Obviously, they flopped on the schedule this time around. Oh, look at Will Zalatoris, Corey Connors. I actually kind of like Corey Connors this week. But uh, when we get into deeper into the stats, we can see really what's going on. Um, I have the stat written down, and I want to go find it for y'all right now. Something to do with approaches from 175 to 200 yards. Six of the past... 10 winners were top 10 in the week from that proximity range that's a really difficult one to parse out because obviously every course is different not as many players hit as many shots from those uh, this is a course where you're going to see you know the driving distance way way up it's a probably the second longest one now that Chipotlepec is off the schedule for Mexico uh, then you know we're probably looking at this will be the course that has the most drives over 300 yards the highest driving distance of any course on the PGA Tour uh, the greens are Bermuda but they're not exactly actually have five winners since 2012 have ranked inside the top 10 for the week in terms of approach proximity from 175 to 200 yards uh, using Fantasy National I already looked this one up so we don't have to wait for it List Berger the Gim Reaper Harold Varner and Louie are the leaders in that category over the past 50 rounds if you're looking at just 24 rounds it's hoagie list molinari matthew nee smith and hudson swafford are the ones up there if you want to know the guy that's lost the most strokes at this tournament over the years not a big shocker see woo, kim although he's a player's champion have not played this tournament well at all a t50 is his best finish ever that was last year maybe things are looking upwards and onwards for old siwoo at this point who knows getting into the course breakdown we have the bermuda bermuda greens as i mentioned um these bermuda greens are not exactly like the florida bermuda greens um per the gcsaa the sheet that comes out they're officially listed as tiff eagle bermuda but they're overseeded with velvet bent grass poa trivials and perennial ryegrass if i had any idea what that meant uh, i would explain it to you in full but i really don't know but for whatever reason um the 
these run faster than you would expect for Bermuda greens. Maybe that's why the players, because the players Bermuda run super fast as well. Obviously they're, you know, slightly different putting surfaces, but the speed on them tends to come in. In 2020, the field made 89% of their putts inside 10 feet. That's pretty absurd. So I think the lean is more to tee to green, and we're going to see that here. Uh, it's one of the few tournaments all year where approach and putting don't heavily outweigh off the tee and around the green. It's pretty flat. I mean, this visualization, <clears throat> excuse me, that you're seeing in the video version right now still shows that approach means the most 0.75 per round, but usually approach is like two and a half to four times greater than off the tee and around the green. That's not really the case here. There's a lot of chip-ins at this course for whatever reason, hole outs from like inside 50 yards. We talked about the driving distance that goes through it. If you want your guys who don't drive the ball a ton, you better hope they have great accuracy when it comes down to it. So it's almost tee to green across the board here without the super heavy approach, uh, uh, emphasis on approach like we would have obviously approach is still the most important it's just less important at the top end than it would be another week so you can see it's relatively flat there if we switch it over to the top five you know it gets almost even flatter over time uh, approach means a little bit more but as does off the tee and as does around the green like you almost need to be a very complete player to end up winning here and i think that's shown itself over the years the par threes mean a lot less the par fives mean a lot because all three of them you can make eagles the fifth most eagles in 2020 happened at tpc scottsdale and there are only three par fives because uh, it's a par 71 seven just over 7200 yards so you can make eagles out here 2.3 percent rate on number three 2.9% rate on number 13 and 2.4% rate for Eagles on number 15. Now, number 15 does draw a lot of water balls. I think it's the third most of any hole on the PGA Tour, but it's also incredibly easy at the same time. It's just like number 17. You can drive number 17. Um, and you should go for number 17 every single time because a lot of guys who drive into the water on 17 still get up and down for par. It's not that big of a deal. Uh, but the, the three putt percentage, uh, if you're, because that green is, if you remember that green in Phoenix, it's super long at the top and it drops down to the back end. That's always where the Sunday pin is. You can leave yourself with like over 80 foot putts. If you leave yourself with one of those 80 or more foot putts uh you're 50 50 to three putts so it's no guarantee just because the guy's putting for eagle doesn't mean it's a gimme birdie based on the length of those putts that we've seen over time so like i said it's relatively flat one of the few courses like that you know you have to be able to score on par fives almost anyone can reach these in two so that's nice we do see that the majority of the shots come or the plurality of the shots excuse me 24.5 percent come from 150 to 175 but for whatever reason this 18 percent bucket of 175 to 200 tends to be the most important I think it's because that's where a lot of these approaches on the par fives are going to come from. These aren't super duper long par fives, 558, 558, 553. Like that's the bucket, like 190, 195 is where these approach shots are going to come in from. So that's going to be a very, very difficult one uh, to try to parse through. But if you can hit on the right guys, it's going to be huge. Um, let's see here. We have the four par fours that are 450 to 500 yards. They tend to play the most difficult on the course, so they will be weighted inside the, st the statistical model. Uh, in 2014, it started a run of every year at this event where it would be even or plus two, between even and plus two would be the cut line. Until last year, that was minus two. So guys really ripped up the course. Driving accuracy is way down. A lot of guys are going to spend time in the desert. Just don't get stuck behind a cactus because then you'll need to smoke an entire pack of cigs like Spencer Levine did the year he gagged it away to Kyle Stanley and got prickers stuck in his ass because he got 
a ball caught underneath of a <laughs> underneath of a cactus uh scrambling higher than average here greens regulation higher than average here and you can see the driving distance 290 294.5 versus the tour average of 282.2 almost 60 percent of drives go over 300 yards at this course uh average proximity is a little per green regulations a little bit higher than tour average but not crazy so so let's jump over into the field and talk about the stats there's no worse feeling than being nauseous. I know when I uh, have a bit too much wine in the evening and my son wakes up at quarter to four in the morning, I'm not feeling the best when I wake up. So if you've ever experienced nausea, whether it's from the stress of the world or whatever it might be, you need to check out Relief Band. Relief Band is the number one FDA-cleared anti-nausea wristband that has been clinically proven to quickly relieve and effectively prevent nausea and vomiting associated with motion sickness, anxiety, migraines, hangovers, morning sickness, chemotherapy, and so much more. How it works is Relief Band stimulates a nerve in the wrist that travels to the part of your brain that controls nausea. Then it blocks the signal in your brain is sending to your stomach telling you that you are sick. Like the name says, it legitimately is a band you wear on your wrist to give you relief from nausea and you change the intensity depending on how you are feeling to make it stronger or weaker. It's that simple. The technology was originally developed over 20 years ago in hospitals to relieve nausea from patients, but now through Relief Band, it's available to the masses. I've been using it. It has been terrific for me. I have not woke up nauseous in like four months. So Relief Band, go get it. And Relief Band makes a great gift for any time of the year. Right now, they've got an exclusive offer just for Pat Mayo Experience listeners. If you go to reliefband.com and use promo code MAYO, you'll receive 20% off plus free shipping and no questions asked, 30-day money-back guarantee. That's the best offer you'll find for Relief Band anywhere. But you have my code, so use it. Head to R-E-L-I-E-F-B-A-N-D.com and use our promo code MAYO, that's M-A-Y-O if you're really bad at spelling, for 20% off plus free shipping. I ran, I actually adjusted the custom model before I came in. I, oh, I still have 5% to divvy up. Where do I want to put that 5%? Right now I have off the tee and approach 2025 around the green at 5%, opportunities gained and par fives and par fours 450 to 500 yards at 10%, eagles gained at five, strokes gained, putting gained at five, that key proximity range of 175 to 200, also at 5%. Let's chuck that onto around the green and make that up to 10% because we have different approach wake although approach is only 25 percent versus the off the tee of 20 percent we still overweight it with opportunities gain that's an approach stat that's 10 percent and a proximity range so we are overweighting approach when it comes down to this field and what we are looking for in terms of trying to parse the best approach players and see who can be the most consistent from that range we loaded in this is that past 50 rounds right now i'm guessing rom is going to be number one let's see though boom John Rom, number one, big shocker. Cantley, Luke List, Justin Thomas, Louie, Oosthuizen. Once again, Louie has not played in the calendar year of 2022 in competitive golf. As of yet, didn't play in the DP World Tour, didn't play in Saudi, hasn't played on the PGA Tour. He is yet to be seen. After that, it's Matsuyama, Berger, Big Dick, Vic, Hovland, Keegan Bradley, number nine, Aaron Wise, number 10. Let's take a look at these two. I recall Aaron Wise losing like 10 strokes putting at this event last year. He's fixed the putter. At least, you know, in the short term, he's fixed the putter. Let's see here. Keegan, I mean, the ball striking has been out of this world. Waste management, Phoenix Open. 
He has not gained strokes putting since 2013, so that's not great. But you see, every, I mean, the approaches and the driving have been really good for him. Can't chip for shit at this course, but it's made four straight cuts, so it's, a, you know, it, it makes sense that Keegan would play well at this course, one that you know, tends to benefit the worst putters, makes him not as pronounced bad. Although Keegan can always find a way to be the worst guy in the field at any sort of putting event. So yeah, 10.2 strokes lost putting for Aaron Wise last year at this event the approach was good chipped well and as we take a look at him overall he's actually gained strokes in four straight events not a ton of strokes but you know when you when you go from losing 10 and a half strokes when you're gaining one over the course of four rounds not bad uh, and he probably gained at Mayakoba considering he came t15 so I can see jumping back on Aaron Wise and because of the field this week we're getting a sense of a lot of top-end guys that, you know, the Keegans, the Aaron Wises of the world are going to be pushed way back down the board. Here's the guy I wanted to look at. Nito Mito Pereira. Comes in at 15th in the statistical model. I actually have no idea if he made the cut or not <laughs> this week. In, uh, this week in... Pebble Beach. This is where he was playing. He was right around there. Let's see the in-tournament stats. We can take a quick look to see. I know he was at minus four for a while. Did he end up making the cut? Mito, no. He had a bad uh, bad Saturday round, so he is out. I didn't really think it was going to be the perfect tournament for him because I really liked how he came out and played at Torrey Pines. Uh, just you know, those long irons. We know he can score. This feels like a really good event for him. The ball striking has always been up there. The the putting is starting to come around a little bit. We have seen some first-time guys win at this event in the past, too. Uh, Brooks Kepka, when he won at this tournament, he was a first-time entrant uh, in this field. Uh, who else was it? Kyle Stanley was a first-time entrant in this field when he ended up winning. So it's not unheard of. J.B. Holmes in 2005, first time he played at TPC Scottsdale, ended up winning. So it's not out of the realm of possibility that a guy could show up in his first time and win here. You also have Wise, Power, Xander, Russell Henley continues to be up there. Corey Connors is still inside the top 17. And we take a look at Connors. He only has the one. He played very poorly uh, at the American Express, uh, although he did gain two strokes on approach in his one round. Uh, he you know, struck the hell out of the ball, came in T11 at the Sony. At the Farmers, it was all fine. He lost four and a half strokes putting in his one round at the South Course. We know this can happen to him over time. So Waste Management Phoenix Open. He did gain last year. The approaches weren't great. Uh, but it does seem like he's cleaning up his around the green game a little bit. I mean, he's gained in two straight events. When was the last time that happened? We'd have to go back to the 2020 RSM uh, that was the year that the Masters was in the fall swing. Houston and Zozo. Uh, Houston's actually an interesting one to look at here since it's changed courses. Uh, obviously, Hideki has played that really well. Carlos Ortiz won that year. He's someone who's played this event really well. Brooks inside the top five. You have Sammy Burns, who's played this well in the past, too. Uh, so it's not that crazy to, you know, beyond the Players' Championship, which has all the best players in the world at it. I mean, this is this year. Scheffler has played really well, played really well last year in Phoenix. Matthew Wolf, uh, he kind of came onto the scenes, played well here in the past. Sam Burns, once again, is going to be up there. So this field wasn't as good in 2022. However, we do have a little bit of crossover uh, with that. Generally, where are places where Brooks plays well? And then you can kind of parse it out going backwards from that one. So let's jump back 
again. Let's see who the best players are past 50 rounds. I think I went through this already. Alice Berger, Gim, the Gim Reaper rates out number 28th in this field. So who else is down this list? Creo, we're not doing that. Uh, the Gucci Man, you know, he could potentially do something. Maybe Kyle Stanley can get some good vibes as a former winner of this event and actually make some putts. Unlikely. Woodland starting to make a little bit of a comeback. He made the cut at Torrey Pines. That's always encouraging to see. Let's take a look at how Webb has been doing. Because some of these guys are like kind of out of sight, out of mind when it comes down to it. Uh, Burns missed the cut at Torrey Pines. So there's Connors. We took it to the leaderboard. Woodland. Woodland gained on approach, gained on putting. The chipping was horrible. The driving was horrible. The driving has been the one thing that's been relatively consistent for him. He is a former winner at the Waste Management Phoenix Open. He won two years ago over Chez Reevy in a playoff. Webb Simpson, the winner three years ago. Bad at Sony. Came T61. Not really sure what's up with him. It's hard to get a gauge on where Webb's game is at right now. Like the, the Florida swing, this sort of swing is where he kind of picks everything up. Sam Burns, just a disastrous. So that's two events for Sam Burns. Very poor approach play. Although this might be a nice buy low opportunity because we get to the guess the odds. Burns has been really overvalued in field so far this season, but with all of the big names, or at least most of the big names, we're getting a situation where we might get Burns pushed back down the board, which would be really nice to see. It's going to be tough for Mito to win because he sucks around the greens, but if he can get back to his regular driving, which he has not been doing since basically the Shriners of last year when he was just gaining a ton when he first came onto the scene, the approach, you know, that dialed itself back up at the Farmers in his first start. He was putting well still. He gets the driver back and doesn't kill himself around the the greens i think he has a legitimate shot of making this his first win even though this is a stack field it's going to be hard to go after that price point you know it's someone who's going to be like 90 to 1 100 to 1 more than likely once we start going through everyone how's brooks been doing not great actually his approach at the century wasn't bad putted well at tory you know it's not going to take much to twist my arm into brooks put it that way it's weird that his driving has been so horrible considering even through struggles ups and downs you know, he did gain in, what, like 17 straight tournaments at one point last year. Uh, lost off the tee three in a row and then turned it around in Houston. He's lost three in a row right now, probably four in a row because he missed the cut at Mayakoba. So maybe he's just getting warmed up. If this is a tournament that he actually does care about and does try to win, listen, a lot of people tried to talk me out of Spieth this week, and I don't know if Spieth wins or not, but he's one shot off the lead going into the final round. That sometimes course history and incentive it does mean anything. It's impossible to predict, but if that's a hunch you want to go with, I got no problem with that. I went with it with Spieth. No numbers pointed to Spieth being good at Pebble besides his historic numbers of being really good at Pebble, uh, but anything recent form-wise leading into it, just it didn't show up whatsoever. Finau's been bad. He was pretty, like, he wasn't terrible in Saudi, but he wasn't good at the same time. Obviously missed the cut at the Farmers, a place where he continuously plays well. Lost in the playoff to Webb Simpson two years ago at this course. Bubba was second overseas, and we know this is a, <clears throat> a Bubba track. When you almost make the playoff, you have to assume a guy probably putted pretty well. Waste Management Phoenix, let's see here. He has made the cut every year except for 2017, a third and a fourth, two of the past three years. I, I wonder what his number is going to be, because based on the course history, like he went off, he also went off at 55 to one last year. I bet him last year at 55 to one. Then if he can kind of harness the greens a little bit and figure them out. I mean, this is the tournament where he has had the most success in his career without ever winning a third, a fourth, a second, a second, and a fifth, along with a 14th, a 22nd, a 40th, a, a 29th. Like, he's been so consistent at this tournament over the years that if he actually is playing well and 
and it seems to be the case over in Saudi that maybe he has harnessed something. And hopefully that flies off the radar for a lot of people entering the week once the initial odds end up getting dropped. Let's uh, shorten the sample down for this and just look at, we probably have enough of a sample now. I mean, past 12 rounds is probably going to be reaching a little bit into last season, but we're now into event number six of the new year. Now, this, this will be event number six that maybe we can see something kind of pop itself up in terms of recent form. It won't be for everyone because obviously guys like, I mentioned Louie haven't played so far this year. So in the past 12 rounds, List, Hideki, Henley, Rom, Berger are the top five. Cantley, Scheffler, Hovland, McNeely, Laird are the next group. Let's take a look at Party Marty. Party Marty's played well here over the years. Seamus Power. So it's a lot of the same names. Anyone new pop up? There's Hoagie. Even Connors is still kind of popping up there. Maybe we catch like a 60, 66, 75 on Connors this week and just kind of pray that it all works out for him. The Glove is someone who is very good at that approach range, although I know he nuked everyone's lineups this week, but it was almost the same as Michael Thompson the week after American Express. I went back to him at Torrey. He had a great week, and he was like 0.2% owned. No one's going to own Glover this week. Uh, so it might, for DraftKings purpose, I'm not talking about betting Lucas Glover at this event, but that could be an intriguing spot to go to. Let's see. I mean, the approach has been really good for Marty. Let's see. Waste Management Phoenix Open. Miscut, 55th, 26th, 9th, 7th, 41st, 5th. So he has not been good recently in Phoenix, but over the past five years, he still does have two top 10 finishes at this event. If you're looking for a top 20 or a top 10 or a cheaper DraftKings play, that could be a way to go. I have no idea how the glove has played at this event over the years. Uh, nothing great. No finish better than T29 at any point over the past 10 years. So maybe we kind of believe what his history says here, a lot like I believed with Ryan Palmer at Pebble, that just, it's not his event. Never played well there. Occasionally he'll make the cut, but that's about all you're getting out of him coming into it. Who else is up here? So Mito drops back down to 37th. From that key approach range in the short term, Rom, Hoagie, Molinari. I, I really like Molinari this week. I most definitely think he's about, even as a hole-in-one on that par, on the crazy number 16. It'd be nice to see all the people up there. Mito comes in at number four from that key range. Munoz is up there. Straka is up there as well. I believe he finished T5 at this event last year. How has Straka been doing? Gained on approach in three straight. Very good around the green at the Farmers. Waste management. Nope. It was not Seb Straka who finished inside the top five. He has missed the cut in both turns at this event. This is why I double-check this stuff, because sometimes people's names get stuck in my mind in a very weird way. See, there's Lashley. It was Lashley um, who had the good irons week last year at this event and couldn't putt. But you can see that he ends up there. It could be another event to go back to the Swafficer. Maybe you take the plunge on Fino list. Why not? I mean, we talked about T to green. I mean, T to green, this is where T is coming from. Who's the best at, yeah, I guess that's a really small sample for Eagles. We, we don't need to look at that. Let's look at past 24 rounds in terms of the modeling. To give us a bit more of a sample, then we'll take a look at Eagles gained over the past 100 rounds, or maybe even past 50 rounds to see who rates out the highest in this, because you're going to need to make Eagles this week. It's, it's just kind of insane. Like when you go back and try to think of it, all three par fives are reachable in two, but number 15 tends to be the magnet for water. Uh, besides it's a lot like number 18 at TPC twin cities. Uh, if you really look at it, 74 balls went into the water in 2019 at this event. Um, but they, all the par fives can combine to be the fifth best scoring two par minus one, 572 in 2020. Again, that's only with three of them on the course, which is kind of insane. 
Uh, let's see, the water ball is at number 17 since 2003, 571. That's the most off the uh, the most off the tee water balls outside of number 15 at TPC River Highlands and number two at Wiley. Number t- number 15 at TPC River Highlands, that short par four, 849 water balls off the tee, which is kind of nuts to think about. So now we're looking at past 24 rounds. Anyone new stick out in terms? Mav continues to be it. This might be a nice Mav McNeely rebound week. Honest to God. Uh, Unless he comes out really hot on Sunday at Pebble Beach. Who knows? Burns continues to be up there. Hoagie, Scheffler. Maybe it's a breakthrough spot for Scheffler. I could see it. I could see it happening. Glover, Keegan. Yeah, it's all kind of the same type of guys. Uh, Eckroat, who finished at minus four after missing a four. He could not putt Sunday at Pebble. Missed a five-foot birdie putt to make the cut. Uh, submarined a lot of my lineups and a lot of your lineups out there. Uh, I can only imagine how, how tilting that must have been at that time. I don't know what to do with Louie. Like, do you go with him because it's his first event? Like, guys in their first event have been fine so far. Scott continues to rate up a lot higher uh, than you would think. Just, I mean, I don't know when the last time it's drawing numbers from him are, considering he hasn't played on the PGA Tour this year. Uh, RSM, Houston, CJ Cup. So he has two top fives at the shorter courses too, which is kind of odd to see. Uh, was T11, T10 in both events in the Middle Eastern swing. So not crazy to think about Adam Scott coming into this event whatsoever. Probably like him better next week at Riviera. But it's nice to see he's playing this event to get the warm-up and get the reps in uh, over here in this time zone at least. Past 24 rounds, best eagle rate, Rogers, Ryder, McNeely, Webb, and Matt Jones, Cam Davis, always up there in terms of eagle rate. The Gucci man. Gooch. Interesting. The, the shine is kind of off Gooch at this point although he was t20 at the farmers a lot of that was around the green but whatever missed the cut of american express when people liked him pretty chalky at sony t27 after winning the rsm uh, the approaches are still pretty good they're not like blazing fire like they were at the cj cup shriners when he won at rsm but he has gained on approach each of the past two years at this event so that's encouraging to see i mean the off the tee isn't great maybe not exactly the best event for him but you can get those irons going. Wouldn't be the craziest thing to think. And the proximity range, past 24 rounds, Hoagie List, Mawanuri, Nee, Smith, and Hudson Swafford, like I mentioned. You also have Duffner up there. Munoz continues to linger. I don't know what the hell to do with Munoz. It feels like he's really dropped off and become the Munoz of old. Well, I guess he was all right at Farmers. He did have two top fives. Okay, so he had two top fives in his past five starts. That's going back into last year, but that's Munoz first round leader let's let's jot him down for first round leader who are the other guys mito maybe first round leader gim first round leader Molinari outright i'll probably have a have an outright on gim as well when it comes down to it all right let's take off the filter and just look at strokes gained overall and just take a look who's putted well and done things at this tournament over the years tpc scottsdale we'll fire it up where can we find T? There it is. TPC Scottsdale. We'll go on average and we'll take a look at putting. Who has putted well at this tournament? We have Todd, the Todd father, Ricky Fowler, JT Poston. Another guy who's been like sneaky okay at the players over the years is JT Poston. Let's see. Players. Yet 22nd in both appearances at the players. Waste management 11th, 35th, and 26th. He putts well here, hits his approaches well here, and he drives the ball about as well as he... I mean, this is not a great... For a short hitter like JT Poston, that's not great. Poston, first-round leader. Maybe you have to chuck him onto the card. Now that we're back out of the three- and two-course rotation, it's kind of nice to see. 
Any other names? Neesmith has only played four rounds here, but he's averaging 0.9 strokes gained per round. Snedeker, Cooch, Daniel Berger putts well here. He might be, like, you might have to, if he ends up playing and doesn't withdraw beforehand, he's really interesting this week, only because maybe, you know, the back injury was whatever, and he's over it. And people are going to be so afraid of him pulling out because of the back injury, they're going to be treating him like he's old school Louie, old school Kevin Na, old school Jason Day, uh, with they just, because it's so awful. And it's a waste of money, obviously, when Burger plays three holes sucks and then withdraws, then all your lineups are dead for the week. But it's still a good leverage spot if people don't glom onto him. It might even be an all right outright bet, too. That's a bit riskier, obviously. But you might get a really good number on Daniel Berger for this event. And it's a place where he's played well over the years. It hasn't been like lights out for him, obviously. But he has a ninth, you know, he trades miscuts with good finishes. One, two, three, four finishes inside the top. 11 in his seven starts here he's missed the cut twice as well so uh and he was horrendous with his approaches last year which is not something you normally see from daniel berger because as you can see the last time he lost strokes on approach was this event last year before that it was a 0.9 loss and a fedex cup playoff event and then before that it was phoenix again uh so in phoenix it's been a rough go for him the past two years but i mean He's been so good on his approaches that it's really hard to see. He even got the putter back going in Phoenix a little bit. We know how well he's putted on these greens over the course of his career. How has he hit the players? We've been really good at the players. He's made the cut every time since 2016, two top tens at that event as well. So we're finding guys. We're, we're, we're picking picking and choosing our guys down here. Tita Green, best players per round. Hideki Grace, Bubba Watson, Jordan Spieth, and Louis Oosthuis. And we do have Higo in the field this time around. I don't know if I'll be betting Higo, but I do love myself from Garrick Higo. Big fan of Garrick Higo. Can't wait to see him at the Masters this year. Louis, Rom, Xander, Lashley, Neesmith. That's only in four rounds, mind you. Webb Simpson, Justin Thomas, KH Lee in six rounds. Brennan Steele. I mean, it hasn't been a good go for Brennan Steele so far this year. Molinari is still up there as well for this course in particular. It's only eight rounds for Francesco Molinari, so I assume that's two events, unless it's a made cut and two missed cuts. Waste management, 40th and 22nd. The putting has been bad. The around the greens has been bad. The ball striking has been immaculate both times. Now, that's digging back. That's 2015 and 2018, and in 2018, he made a hole-in-one, which is going to overinflate everything, but man, he was bad at Farmers. That's not a, a stunner to tell you the truth uh, i was kind of surprised when he top 10 there a year ago uh, he still did end up making the cut though and putted well on the south course he putted well at the stadium course at amex and played really well at the amex coming in sixth so you know, he cost me a top five by bogeying the 72nd hole but you live and learn i'm not afraid to go back to my guy mollywood and coming off a bad event he was overinflated because of the good finish going into farmers then we're taking a look at, you know, 70 to 1, 60 to 1, that range. That's a bad bet. But now we might get him back at like 100 to 1 this week. That's a good bet, I think. Uh, we look at the worst tee to green players in this field. Anyone good power, although it's a new power. It's only two rounds. Todd has been horrible tee to green. Brian Gay, Patton Kazire, Siwoo, obviously, with the most strokes lost total of any player out here. Jimmy Walker, bad. Hudson Swafford's been bad, although the model really likes him this week, which is strange. Sam Ryder, Brian Harmon, all shit. CT Pan, the Panama, the Panama, not good here. Denny McCarthy, Stuart Sink, Luke Donald, all very bad. Sung Kang, it's got to be Kang. 
Patrick Rogers, Wyndham Clark, not great. Danny Lee, Brian Stewart. That doesn't mean these guys aren't going to play well. It's funny to see Russell Henley in strokes gain approach losing player on approach uh, over his 24 rounds at this course. Let's take a deeper look in his round by round going back over the years. Uh, he's been better. I mean, a lot of that, a lot of those terrible rounds were from 2014, 15, and 16. Uh, in 21, 20, and 2019, he's been very good on approaches here. So maybe don't discredit Russell Henley uh, just simply based off course history and looking at that. You might want to put into more context how he's been doing lately overall and how he's been doing. I mean, it's been a good run. I know he he gagged it. I mean, did he gag it? Yeah, he gagged it. Are we going to call it a gag? Yeah, I think we'll call it a gag for old Russ Henley when he lost. He had like a four-stroke lead at the Sony and blew it on the back nine. But, I mean, the ball striking continues to be pretty good. Uh, if we can get some hot, I mean, he's only lost strokes putting once ever at this event, so that's good news. We get the better driving, we get the typical approach, and, you know, hopefully get lucky around the greens and maybe his putter's back. The Russ bus, Russell Henley. And again, he's someone who will be discredited in this field because of all the top names that have decided to show up. So... Let's see, so putting, we took a look at approach Hideki, Spieth, Grace, Neesmith, Webb Simpson, Lashley, Thomas, Alexander Norin. Let's take a look at Norin. Max Homa is inside the top 10. He flamed out big time uh, at Farmers, but who cares? He was 15th at, cent- at the century. And let's see how his overall results are here. I mean, he's never missed a cut, gained on approach every single year. I mean, he's revving up to defend his title at Riviera, so maybe some good, good vibes for Max Homa. Because trying to parse out who you want to take at the top is kind of hit or miss. Like, it's all going to depend on the odds, really. You're going to try to find value with the bigger names and then try to work backwards from there. Because you're unlikely to bet Rom at 7-1 to one this week. I mean, I really don't think that's going to be the case. Homa, like, that might be the range that I live in here, that like 40-80 to 80 type range that's had success here in the past. Maybe not. Maybe I go to Hideki if they lay a good number on him. But it's all going to depend on what the numbers end up being around the green Jagger bombs khl Lee, louis i mean i'm not immune to louis here i never bet louis but you know, this could be a spot for him uh putnam i mean if putnam flames out this week maybe go back to him next week uh based on his history had win had winning had no i have to look at pebble but missed the cut at the farmers 25th at amex he made the cut i'm pretty sure at pebble beach had a very good saturday i believe for Adam Hadwin. Anyway, he's played well at this type of course over the years. But anyway, that's uh, what we're looking at for the Waste Management Phoenix Open. Hopefully you were able to gather something out of that. If not, you can dig in to fantasynational.com and check it out for yourself. Fantasynational.com slash Mayo gets you that discount. You can find more of my research in the newsletter, the Mayo Media Newsletter, which is free. It's down in the description. You can go join that. But it's probably time to guess the odds for this event in Phoenix. Obviously, Rom is going to be the favorite. Cantlay is here. Vic is here. Those are probably going to be your top three. Is, is, I mean, it doesn't sound crazy, mind you. And then you also have Hideki, who you know has won three times in the past 10 months and has won twice here. Obviously, he is going to have pretty good odds. It depends on what happens in Pebble Beach, but Spieth uh, just riding you know, good Mo again is likely to be up there once again because people love betting on Jordan Spieth. What else do we got going on? Who else is here? Xander's always going to draw a crowd. Berger's going to be tough to parse. Brooks, maybe he ends up getting a course history bump. That's that's tough to see. Uh, obviously, Justin Thomas is in this field, uh, so he's going to end up being up there. Finau, Webb. Man, there's, there's some, we might be able to catch some value here. Burns, Scheffler. 
Who else? Answer, he will, he'll be like in the Connors range, probably, maybe a bit higher. I wouldn't expect him to be too far up there. Maybe you get a Bubba number that's a bit more inflated than you would like to see, but even so, it's probably not going to be worse than 40, more likely to be 55 or 60 than anything else. I'm going to say Rom. this feels better. I'm going to say Rom 7-1 to one to open. He drops to like 8 or 9 by the end of the week. Vic, I'm going to list as the second favorite in this event. I'm going to say Vic is 11 and Cantley is 12. Hideki, 14. Now we get Spieth. If he wins, obviously it's going to be higher. If he loses, I'm going to say is 22. That's going to leave Xander at 22. Thomas will be 16. The buzz is sort of off Justin Thomas at the moment. And you want to talk about someone who has a stellar track record at this event without ever winning. It's Justin Thomas. Players champion. Justin Thomas as well. I mean, he did come T20 at the Farmers. I mean, he had a bad weekend, but whatevs. 13th, 3rd, 3rd, 17th, the past four years at this event for Justin Thomas. So maybe because there's so much strength at the top of this field, if Thomas doesn't end up becoming a very popular bet this week in terms of handle at the sports books, he might fall to 20. I very much doubt it. But if that happens, bet Justin Thomas. If you can catch a 20 on Thomas, that's where you want to be. So Thomas at 16, Spieth at 22, Xander at 22. Now you have like Finau, Webb, Burns, Joffley, Berger, Brooks. Like they all can't be below 30 to 1, right? That's already 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7 guys, 22 and below. Even that sounds like a lot. So we'll say Webb 35, Finau 33, like I said, I'm really interested to see what they lay for this Burns number because I want it. And it was 25 at Farmers. He had a bad week. This field at the top end is probably stronger. I'm going to say Burns 35. And if it's 35, it's the first bet I'm making this week. Berger, I'm going to say they list him at 30, 28 for him. Brooks, I'm just going to say 28 is where he'll open. Uh, I'm hoping it's 40. Like, if he opened at 50, I'm not going to be super sunned. If it's if it's 35 or above, I'll probably auto-bet Brooks, too. And then you have Scheffler. Put him at 33 to 35. Some of these guys are going to be 40. Like, Louis in this field, too. It's his first event, but it's Louis, who continuously contends. I'll say he's 35. So some of these guys are going to be 45, 50. Obviously, you can't. no one's going to bet everyone in this field, but Rom, Vic, Cantley, Hideki, I think you're going to see, and Thomas is your top five. Then you're going to have Spieth and Xander. You could argue Webb, Burns, Berger, Brooks, Scheffler, all in that mix. Then you have your Finau, Louie, uh, and probably Burns. Then like Answer, Connors. Uh, I'm, the list might get a bump here as well. Who knows? But that's going to be a bit more difficult to see with this stacked of a field. Adam Scott's going to be like 50 to one more than likely to open Bubba 55 or 60. So you're going to have value down the board this week. I think so. And we're going to try to figure out who we want at the top end, but that's going to be left for Monday's show with Jeff Feinberg. So tune into the Pat Mayo experience. And hopefully we're bragging about cashing winners. Cause usually when we brag about cashing winners, that means you have padded your bankroll and bank accounts as well. So smash the like on the way out. Give me your early lean in the comment section. That'll do it for me. I'm Pat Mayo. Thank you all for watching. I'll see you next time. Experience. Experience.